Welcome to the TGT podcast. <laughs> I am your host, back in front of the camera this time, Side Hater. How you doing, right? And with me is Ryan because he owns the podcast. We've talked about this, and I'm going to continuously say it. Um, I know most of our audience are the athletes we have here. <laughs> so, I mean, I hopefully we expand our audience to more people from this podcast because we do talk a lot about powerlifting, getting ready for powerlifting, and, you know, those types of exercises, obviously. Um, but you do have other experience training different athletes and specifically uh, Olympic lifting. You have a USAW certification, and one of our athletes here, shout out to Bob, right, is actually going to compete in a weightlifting competition. So, like, how is that, prepping for that meet different than prepping from, like, a powerlifting meet? Because I know it's a completely different, like, movement pattern, but it's still considered a competition. So, would you, do you want to change, do you change your mindset? Do you sort of think about other things, other factors? It's, like, such a loaded question. Yeah, hell like, yeah, it is. <laughs> there's, like, so much that we can talk about, Absolutely. but I'm going to try to do it in the next 25 minutes. No, we, um, we, got, we got a solid hour and a half, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, we do not. Um, so, I... Well, we've probably talked this a little bit before. Uh, when I was in college, I was a Division One baseball player, and I got showing into... Showing off. Uh, <laughs> and showing off. Um, and got into all of this. Um, I was going to school for exercise science, and my junior year, my strength and conditioning class uh, was one day in the classroom, one day we just met in the gym and we, and we trained. Um, I was lucky that my professor was Gary Valentine, who I still think owns some Masters World Records, uh, for Olympic weightlifting, clean. I went to one of his meets. I saw him clean and jerk 363 at 231 when he was like 51 years old. Um, so I, I had been training for, I don't know, 12 years at that point um, for baseball, but that was the first time that I had done any weightlifting, and I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was something that was difficult but fun, and I was kind of good at it. So like it was, you know fun to play with um so that was like my really first intro into a strength sport and then she said i did go out and get uh usaw certified as a club coach um but ended up kind of making our way more into powerlifting yeah um so i haven't used that as much but he said uh, dr bob uh is doing the first team gpt weightlifting meet so be the first gpt weightlifter um dibs on second we got a, we have a bunch of people that train for it, but no one no one's actually done a meet yet. So uh, Bobby's the only one coming up soon. Um, so I'll be going to that meet uh, to coach him for that one. It's this will be your first time actually coaching a cop coaching at a meet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've coached several weightlifters, but this will be the first time like at the meet. Um, we've had a lot of people that like that enjoy the sport and train it, but they haven't actually decided to compete yet. Um, so Bobby's the first one doing the meet. Um, it's a very different mindset. Um, the first thing I know, like, is if you don't know both sports, powerlifting. Uh, we had a, we had a meet last year where one of our other weightlifters um, did. He came into the meet and he was like, "What's going on?" Because we had music blasting and everyone was cheering. And in a weightlifting meet, it's much more quiet. Um, I think the big reason is that weightlifting is just much more technical. 
so people are usually, especially while people are getting set up for the for the actual lift themselves, they're usually pretty quiet. And then once the bar is usually overhead, it gets a little bit louder. Um, but there, it's a little bit more reserved, so that's a little bit of a different mindset. Um, the strategy is very different, just because again, like you said, the rules of the sport are very different. We're empowering the round system, so if you take your first squat, then everyone else does, then you come back for your second. In weightlifting, depending on what's going on, you might follow yourself. So okay. Bobby might open a snatch at 75 kilos. If he goes from 75 to 80, and the next lightest lifter is at 81, then Bobby goes again. Um, so you get, a, you get a, a short break because you're following yourself, and then you go again. So you might actually end up taking three of your lifts in about six minutes. Um, and that was one of the things I saw Gary do it at the meet that I first, the first meet I ever went to, was that he was the strongest lifter there, so he took his opening attempt after everyone else was done. And then he put in his second, then he <laughs> put in his third, and that was all for snatch, and then the same thing for clean and jerk. So literally everyone in the meet was done except for Gary. Um, so that can happen. That's a big difference. So uh, a little bit different mindset of being able to uh, take your attempt to get right back into it. More often, you probably have 10 to 15 minutes before you go again. A um, little bit different in conditioning-wise that you have to be ready to go. Like you, you're taking a max attempt to where often you might take a 5-10 minute break. In Olympic lifting, you might have two minutes. Uh, so you got to get back out there. Um, because the technicalities of sport, there's you know there's more like you hit the lift and come over and say okay this is what we did blah 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 blah, blah. Um, trying to figure out what to do quickly and move in to correct it because where in powerlifting I might be able to yell at you a cue like hey knees out like while you're lifting you might hear that and say okay and shove your knees out. There's not much I can yell in that quick second that it takes to throw a snatch overhead that's going to have any impact during the lift. Yeah. Um, so because Bobby's the the first one that I've coached that's joining me and. Brian Thompson used to train here. Brian has done meets, but I wasn't coaching Brian at the time. So Bobby's the first one from the team. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to use him over and over, so Bob will be listening. Um, his big thing is keeping his eyes up. Um, he likes to look down. When he looks down, he often will lean forward a little bit, lose the lift. So I'm going to tell Bobby before he goes up to the platform, eyes up, eyes up, eyes up. Keep that gaze up so he's looking forward and, and not leaning uh, forward and losing, some, and losing a lift overhead that he should have where I'm not going to probably yell it in the middle of the lift. Like I said, we're powerlifting, I'll be off to the side of the platform yelling at you, knees out, chest up, things like that. It's, it's, I'm going to tell him a couple things before. I'm just going to go out and do the lift, come back over, we'll talk about it real quick, get ready for the next one. Um, so that's a big difference. Um, the do strategies change? Uh, I know we're sort of nope, drifting ahead. off to... Uh, like we talk about meat selection mm -hmm. in a couple podcasts, right? Does that change here? Like the strategy is like, mm -hmm. oh, I want him to hit these lifts. If he doesn't get this, we're going to have to go to here or we're hitting it again. Or, uh, Yeah, I think weightlifting is very different in that regard where in powerlifting, you know, you might take your last warm-up at, I don't know, 80, 82% of whatever you're looking to do for that day, and yeah. then your openers are like around 90 or percent. Um Bobby's going to open snatch for like around 75 kilos, 165 pounds. He's probably going to take very close to that in the back room. Okay. Um, where like in Bison and Powerlifting, you might, your last warm-up might be 30 or 40 pounds away from your first attempt. His might be three to five pounds. Or it might even be the same weight. Um, because since it's not as heavy, it's still a heavy lift for the him, but it's not just the, the absolute weight. Uh, you usually warm up a little bit closer. Uh, make sure that you've got the handle the technical aspect of it before you go out and take your next attempt. Um, 
as this is his first meet, and we're probably not playing for like positioning on, on winning or anything. We just want to make lifts. So yeah. just like in powerlifting, we're going to make sure we call the right attempt so we can make all the lifts and have a good day. Um, but generally, the attempt, the jumps are not going to be as big. So you know, maybe a five, like a three to five kilo jump uh, on attempts. Where in powerlifting, depending on the on the lift, 10, 15 kilo jumps, not crazy. Yeah. Uh, a 10 to 15 kilo jump of weightlifting is insane. Um, you know, maybe if you're going to go for the win on a clean and jerk and you're maybe then, but even then that's, it's not likely. Uh, but one of the, I think the big one that, I, that I've actually talked about for powerlifting, which I think is a very interesting thought for powerlifting is that weightlifting a few years ago changed it. So they don't do two and a half kilo jumps. They do one kilo jump. So you can go from 75 to 76 in powerlifting. You have to go 75 to 77 and a half. Um, that one kilo does change things because you're more it's you're more likely to be able to hit some of those attempts instead of having to make a bigger jump. Um, so strategy-wise, you know maybe a lift was hard, maybe maybe just um, standing up from from the the bottom of the of the snatch was the difficult part. So we can go up one kilo instead of going up two and a half um, because now we're maybe it's the strength aspect instead of a skill. Um, That'll change uh, not so much the planning, but I guess the strategy involved in case we're trying to beat someone, where you can take that one kilo and try to push um, instead of tying, where in powerlifting it's you can go for the two and a half, you have to go for two and a half kilo jump. Yeah. And that's a big difference, especially like when you're talking about with like smaller weights. So, you know, a 70, like a 75 kilo snatch to 77 and a half, not a huge jump, but like 75 to 76 is better. Um, but we talk about like with benching and powerlifting, if you're going from 75 kilos, is like maybe that's close to your max, and you're going to go to 77. That's a big jump. Yeah. Um, it's a big percentage of your max, so to go up one kilo is a little bit easier. Um, it just makes it a little bit more interesting, I guess, because there's so many more choices. Um, where in powerlifting, you can you know it's got to go up two and a half. In weightlifting, it might be one, two, three. And that so there's three choices compared to the one, so that changes the strategy a little bit if you're going for placement. But like I said, I mean, this meet we want to go six for six, yeah. um, get a get a meet total on the board, um, hopefully hit some PRs. That would be great. Um, he's also doing what we just talked about in another podcast that we don't like to do. He is cutting a little bit of weight. Yeah. Uh, eat a sandwich, Bobby. Um, so that's going to have a little bit of a factor too, um, but overall, it's still—I mean, it's still a strength sport. It's still a sport. You're still going out there. You're competing against yourself. You're competing against others. You're still trying to do better yourself and hopefully, you know, beat other people that you're competing against. So we're still going to be looking at the board and seeing what people are putting in, um, adjusting accordingly to see how we can perform better. Um, just done in a little bit different way. Um, that's, this might be a question we might have to cut out, but uh, do you recall the first time you coached a powerlifting meet, like an athlete, that, like at a competition, and what has changed since then to now, and how, like, is it going to be like sort of a juxtaposition of you at that point in time with this new weightlifting meet coming up? Oh, like, probably. Yeah. Um... I think the first meet that I really, especially someone I was coaching that was relatively new to the sport, um, I was programming and coaching a little bit for my buddy Carl, who 
Uh, Carl was third in the country two years in a row for USA Powerlifting. So, so right out of the gate, you just nailed it. <laughs> well, Carl had a lot of background and training beforehand and, and competing. Yeah. So especially game day coaching for him, he pretty much knew what he was doing. I was just there to make his life a little bit easier. Um, one of the first meets, I think, was uh, one of our lifters that's still with us, Aaron Boulay. We went up to uh, Johnson, Rhode Island, and did a meet up there. And, uh, like, I remember watching his, like, now I think about this, like, I, I like watched one of his attempts from the crowd. Like, I, I'm not even sure I coached him. Like, I, like, I put his numbers in, and I think I just left. Um, I didn't know what coaching was then. Like, I, I think it was just handling him a little bit, but didn't do a whole lot. Um, or now, you know, I, now I've got a whole plan ahead of time, and... I mean, down to the warm-ups, down to you know, when you're warming up and what you're doing and uh, when to do it and how to adjust on the fly and plan everything out accordingly. And, for, I mean, for this meet, like, you know, we're still going to have a plan. Maybe I'll be a little more hectic in my brain trying to figure out, like, everything we're doing because there's a few different rules that we'll have to – that maybe we'll be implementing a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I guess the first time I coached, I just – I would consider myself a pretty bad coach and didn't, you know, didn't do a whole lot. And hopefully this time I can at least draw on some of my experience in powerlifting that I can be a better coach for him yeah. on, on the first day. But uh, I mean, it does help that Bobby was a powerlifting athlete, so you sort of yeah. you sort of know his like takes and like how he needs to be handled in regards to powerlifting, right? And you might be able to transition that over to weightlifting. And that's true. Like it, I have known Bobby for a while. I've coached him for a long time. Um, Bobby was a high-level powerlifter, fifth in the country a couple years ago at Raw Nationals uh, before he decided to switch over and try something new. So this is not new to him. I mean, the, the sport itself is new to him, but the competing and uh, especially in the spring sport is not, is not new. Uh, so that'll be a little bit easier than someone that's never done it before. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still different. I mean, I downloaded the rule book to reread it the other day because it's been a little while and want to make sure that we don't make some mistake that – like, oh, well, I'm powerlifting. Nope, not the same sport. Yeah. That doesn't count. Um, so I think we'll be okay. But, yeah, like I said, if, you, if, you, if I think back to our, our first meets as powerlifting, it's like, I was terrible. So. I mean, not terrible. You just didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I talked to a friend the other day, uh, and I've been lucky enough in powerlifting that I have met a lot of people that have been very helpful. I yeah. uh, learned a lot from a lot of different coaches. So because of that, it has allowed us to to be better. To just because I've gotten I've learned I've been coached by coaches on how to coach better. Yeah. Um, and in weightlifting, you know, having Gary as my first coach, like I like to think that's going to help because Gary coaches Team Connecticut, and I'm sure most of them will be there on uh, on the day of the meet, and I'm sure that most of them will win their weight classes. Um, so I had a great coach there too. So I think. That at least should carry over a little bit, even though it's been 14 years since oh, that strength wow. conditioning class. Uh, sorry, Gary. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, I, like I said, I think I can bring over some of that experience from powerlifting to at least help them in Olympic lifting. And um, it, it come, we talked about stress in another podcast, like, just cause yeah. come down to managing stress on that day. What can I do for the athlete? What can I do for Bobby in this situation to minimize stress as much as possible? So all he has to do is go out there and lift the weight. Yeah. Um, 
if I can do that and all he has to do is go out there and hit his opener and go up a few kilos and hit a little more and go up a few kilos and hit a little more and he doesn't have to think about everything and worry about it, then we should have a good day. So that's my job is just to make his day as easy as possible. Yeah. So it's similar in the sense that uh, because Bobby isn't like shooting for like positioning or like trying to like win this competition overall or something weird like that, you're treating him like you would treat any other powerlifting athlete in the sense that let's mm-hmm. let's just try to do well, right? right. Let's try, like go out there, yeah. and have a good day, have fun, right? That's I mean I'm, that's the advice he gave me when I, when I did my first powerlifting competition. You're like, just do it, let's go have fun, you know, squat as much as you can, and then hopefully. Well, can continue powerlifting after that. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm hoping that Bobby enjoys this experience enough that he wants to do another meet, um, and get better at it. So, like you just said with powerlifting, like go out and have fun with it, and just enjoy it. Like yeah. you know, like I said if he can, if he, if we're in a place to win, we, we might I, push it. We might push a little bit. <laughs> Um, you know, if he if if he's got to put another two kilos on the bar to, you know, to maybe win a class or something like that, then we we might go for it, because um, why not? Yeah. But, you know, if we're if we're behind by twenty kilos going into the last clean and jerk, then let's just let's just hit a PR and yeah, end on a good note and not try to go for the twenty one kilos we need to win and wonder why the bar didn't break the floor. Uh, or you know, like oh, we did a we did a pull. We did a clean style deadlift and you know forgot that we had to catch it and press it overhead. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes on, on meet day. But well, yeah, I think the big thing is just going out there and enjoying it, having fun because this is a hobby for everyone. Yeah. Uh, not saying that you want to go out there and do poorly. You still, you know, you're not going to enjoy it if you're doing poorly. But uh, go out there and have fun. Is there? Because I know uh, in at least powerlifting, there are like certain areas that people like lose lifts, right? Like in squat, if like you're in the hole and you can't squat mm-hmm. up, you know, versus people who shoot their hips back too high when they're squatting or like right off the chest when they're benching. Is there like a common place that people lose lifts in Olympic lifting? Yeah, I mean, like it's still, there's, I mean, everyone's different obviously, but like, uh, if you're, is it a more of a skill issue or more of a strength issue? Um, you know, people will lose lifts if they're, they'll, you know, maybe they'll they won't be upright enough, and they'll drop the bar forward, or like what Bobby does, they'll look down a little bit and start to lean forward and lose it there, um, or just maybe they're not strong enough to come out of the hole with a from their clean and their front squats not there. Uh, I think the the one a lot of people say is like that jerks win cha- win championships, and a lot of people will make the clean and then will struggle on the jerk. Yeah, uh, the jerk is probably one of Bobby's better lifts, so I don't think we should be there. Uh, that should not be an issue. Um, Does that come from his powerlifting background? I think just he's Bobby's a very good bencher, so he's got some more upper body strength. So I think you know the jerk is a, an easier lift for him. Um, and yeah, like you know, it's, it's little things like if the skill's not there and the bar takes a little bit more of more of a curve than normal, then you might lose the bar overhead, or like I said, maybe you get buried in the hole because you're just not strong enough to stand up with it. So there are. There are common places where people are going to miss, but it's a little bit different. Um, Bobby coming from a powerlifting background and strength is generally not his issue. Okay. Um, like I said, and I'll say this repeatedly, it's eyes up and stand up for him. When he keeps his eyes up, he usually maintains positioning a little bit better, and then it's just standing up. Um, he'll sometimes sit at the bottom too long and 
that makes it harder to stand up from a snatch or stand up from the front squat where if you're stable and you've got to get up like don't wait so that'll be a big thing for him on on meet day uh i'll routinely say to him eyes up stand up eyes up stand up and i think we'll have a good day from that how was the transition from being a powerlifter to an olympic lifter for him like how'd you change programming wise he's just like all right bob day one let's start cleaning jerk like <laughs> um again i think because like because he was a successful powerlifter the strength was not going to be an issue um I mean, we're looking at like a 110 kilos, like 242 um, pound opener for his clean and jerk. Uh, Bobby's conventional deadlift is well over 400 pounds. So the weight isn't the issue necessarily. Like he's easily strong enough for that. Uh, It was more of a skill issue for him. So working on positioning and doing the main lifts more because he didn't really need to squat and to pull as much because he needed to build up the pattern of, you know, catching in the hole and standing up and splitting, uh, splitting his feet enough and dipping and driving fast enough out of the jerk instead of you know dipping, uh, you know, using using too much hip and getting a little out of position. Uh, so for him, it was much more about skill. Um, as his skill has improved, that strength issue will start to come back in. We'll have to start building up some more strength again. But um, he paused front squat the other day well above what he wants to uh, clean and jerk. Yeah. So again, the strength is, is easily there. Um, it's just making sure that we hit the right positions at the right times so the bar's in the right path and he can catch it and stand up. Now, I know you have this whole thing about, how, well, at least with power powerless, we have our main movements and then supplemental movements. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the supplemental movements for like an Olympic lifter? Because there's only two main movements. Right, I don't see a lot of Olympic lifters like standing there and like military pressing, but that mean might that, that might be a thing you might do mm. when you're programming. Um, it's it very different because again because it's such a higher a higher level skill sport. Uh, a lot of the supplemental movements, and when I say supplemental, I usually think of supplemental as something that's very similar to the actual movement. So, um, like in powerlifting, like a safety squat bar compared to a squat. Um, to me, in Olympic lifting, the supplemental movements would be, um, you know, high pulls and um, snatch from the low hang or snatch from a block or, um, you know, a clean pull into a clean, you know, different things like that. We're still doing the, you're still doing the movement just from maybe a different starting position or uh, making them slightly harder by being in, in, you know, some of these hang positions where... An assistance movement might be squatting. Um, we're using the squat as a way to build up the leg strength to be able to have a better pull and then have a better um, recovery from from the catch. But just because you can squat 500 doesn't mean you can clean anything because you still have to be able to pull it and catch it accordingly. Um, so again, like for someone like Bobby, we need to work on the skill. For someone who's been maybe weightlifting for a while but it doesn't have the same strength base, we might push the assistance work of squatting and pulling more. Um, or to use military press as an example, I think you know, you'll see very good weightlifters that don't have great military presses because the jerk is more of a powerful leg movement, where the military press is a strict upper body. So you'll see powerlifters that might have a better military press but can't jerk anywhere near what a weightlifter can. Um, but if someone's been weightlifting for a while, then maybe we just need to build up some shoulder strength 
by doing military press, which will have a carryover to, to their jerk or just their overhead positioning and their stability. Um, so it's a little bit different. You know, they're, we're still going to squat, we're still going to pull, but it has less of an emphasis. Um, like that would be like my I like third down the list instead of second. Or, okay. I guess. How good would a weightlifter do in powerlifting? Like a, an elite level weightlifter? Oh, there's... Just gonna make myself look like an asshole here. Um, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to answer this question. So a friend of mine posted something this the other day. Uh, Rob Schmidt, who's uh, competed in powerlifting for several years um, and is now doing some weightlifting in Alaska, um, talked about how he lives in Alaska. Oh, okay. Um, we said like probably like five six years ago, um, most weightlifters, if they came and did a powerlifting meet, would would do some damage on a powerlifting. You know. Their squat is usually very good. Uh, deadlift, just if they give them some time to, to learn, like the powerlifting style deadlift compared to a, uh, a clean style deadlift, usually that's very strong. Um, most of them bench pretty well, especially if you give them a little bit of time because they've got some, obviously, good strength from doing all the overhead work. Uh, so five years ago, most limb lifters would, would probably smoke most powerlifters. Um, at the top level, there's still a lot of limb lifters that would do very well in powerlifting. Um, but over the last few years, with powerlifting growing as much as it has too, you'd be hard pressed to find, even at the top level, the uh, top level weightlifters to be able to step into a powerlifting meet and beat the top level power powerlifters. Yeah. Um, they used like the super heavies as an example. Uh, you know, Ray Williams squatting a thousand and sixty, like he's gonna out squat any weightlifter by. Uh, 250 to 350 pounds yeah. how are you going to make that up like that's just not that's not feasible for them it's to make up way too far yeah it's not feasible for them to make up on the on the bench and deadlift especially when he's benching in the mid fives and pulling in the mid eights like that's just not feasible and now I know Ray is not not normal uh, so that's a little bit different he's uh, at 120 that's plus. a different standard um, but I mean even across the board I mean you see with the, the numbers, how much they've improved in powerlifting. Um, you know, there's 105s, which is the second the third heaviest for powerlifting, but second heaviest for weightlifting. You've got 105 raw men that are squatting well into the sevens. There's not a whole lot of weightlifters squatting that much, even at the top level. And then some of those 105 guys are benching mid-fives. The Olympic lifters are probably not doing that. And you've got 105s pulling well into the eights. Um, so as this as the two sports have grown, the ability to just go back and forth is not as easy, uh, which is good. It's better for it's better for both sports. It means that the sports are getting better. Yeah. Where like I said five years ago, most weightlifters could probably win most poverty meets. Now we, they would still do well, but I don't think they'd be able to step in and just automatically win. What are your thoughts on hybrid athletes? Like this guy right here who wants to try both. Like, should, should I just commit to one? <laughs> Especially because my mobility is, like, not that um, great. <laughs> you should always do what you want to do. If you want to do both sports, then that's fine. Um, you should be doing what you enjoy doing. So if you enjoy doing the Olympic lifts, then do them. Are you going to be able to do them to the ability that you maybe want to? Maybe not. I don't see you hitting a snatch in the bottom position and being able to stand up with a whole lot of weight right now. But maybe you can power snatch. Uh, 
you know, catch a little bit higher and not have to worry about the mobility demands as much. Um, but if you enjoy it, then absolutely. Um, we have several people that compete uh, USA Powerlifting that also do USA Weightlifting, and they do well in both. Um, so why not? It's if it's something you enjoy, do both. Um, just know that you're probably not going to be good as good at either of them <laughs> as you should be, as if you focused on one. Um, but again, we talk about this all the time. Like if you're not getting, if you're not winning money and or championships or anything like that, then do do what you want. It's fine. It'll make it'll make the training a little bit different, a little bit more difficult. But like I said if you enjoy it, do it. Do you believe the earth is flat? Thank you so much for listening. To send in questions, DM me on Instagram at Syed underscore likes underscore stuff. Follow the gym on Instagram at Team GPT. For more information about the gym, visit GleasonPerformance.com and join the team. For online coaching, go to Team GPT. Dot com.